Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. Tom, election day is two weeks from today. Two weeks, Carl. I mean, this is crunch time. This is it. Now, we know that people have, a lot of people have voted already. People are voting today, early voting, uh, but we still have election day. And uh, if you live in anywhere, but I don't know, a few places, Pennsylvania, California, a few places let you vote two or three days late. But basically, we're going to know two weeks from tonight whether uh, the Democrats held serve in the Senate and uh, what's going on in the House, if Nancy Pelosi have to get, has to give up the gavel or not. This is politics, so anything can happen, but it seems like the House is gone. I mean, the numbers are really daunting for, for Democrats in terms of the number of toss-up seats that they would have to win. They'd have to basically sweep the toss-ups and also win some seats that are already leaning Republican. That's right. Yeah. In our projections, the battle for the House 2022, um, we have 35 toss-ups, but only 175 seats leaning the Democrats' way or likely Democratic leaning Democrat. It means if they win all the toss-ups, they still don't take the House. Yeah, so they have to run the table on the on the on the swing states and then pick up a few, you know, half dozen states that don't appear to be in play. It would have to be a tsunami in reverse, right? And we saw even today, Cook Political Report, Charlie Cook and the folks over there moved Sean Patrick Maloney's race to a toss-up, which is something we had done a couple of weeks ago. Look, if Democrats lose that seat, Carl. It's going to be a really bad night across the board. I mean, it's just one of those things. Yeah, for them. Good night for the Republicans. Now, the Senate map is uh, much more competitive. We've got 46 likely Democrat or leaning Democrat, 46 seats, um, 47 likely Republican or leaning Republican, uh, and seven toss-ups in an upper chamber that's 50-50. Now, now the, the good news there for the Democrats is that they weren't supposed to be this close in a you know, midterm election year in which the economy is stressed and the, the, the president's poll numbers are middling to best, but they've fielded some strong candidates and they're in they're in the ball game. Uh, the good news for the Republicans is that I think five of the seven seats that we have as toss-ups are now in Democratic hands. So they, they wouldn't have to wouldn't have to run the table, but they'd have to win five of the seven. So that's what they'd have to do. Yeah, the polling over the last few days has been, you know, week or so has been favorable to Republicans. It seems like a lot of these races are tightening in seats that Democrats control. But you also have, we had a couple polls out in Ohio showing that race really close. You know, you have Mike DeWine winning by 25 points, 20 to 25 points. And yet J.D. Vance is in basically a dead heat with Tim Ryan, the Democrat. Do you think, Carl, that there is going to be enough ticket splitting that occurs this year in in an era where we are so tribal and ticket splitting has been on the decline to have a situation where DeWine wins by 15, 18, 20 points and Tim Ryan wins that Senate race? It could happen. But but in in that race, you you talked about Mike DeWine's popular incumbent governor. Tim Ryan's a a well-regarded Democrat, not considered a Far lefty, really represents the state well. He's lived there. He's been in Congress. J.D. Vance grew up there, but he's been, you know, in Silicon Valley in California. He went away for school. He's, you know, he's not, he's on paper and on the stump. He hasn't been 
good. Well, I mean, this is subjective, but to me, he hasn't been as good a candidate as Tim Ryan. I don't mean he's been a bad candidate, but Ryan Ryan fits the place well. So candidates do matter. So your question is, do they matter that much? They might. You know, ticket splitting is a bit of a misnomer. What 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 you ha- what you're talking about is the Democrats are going to vote for a Democrat, the Republicans are going to vote for a Republican. You're talking about independent voters, the thirty to forty percent of people who do not like either party, do not identify with either party. Now, most usually they vote one way or the other, but not always. A good pollster can push them and 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 bring that number down. Well, okay, you say you're an independent, but have you ever voted for a Republican presence? Like the New York Times says, it's an independent paper, but it has the last time it endorsed a Republican was U.S. Grant or something like that. Okay, <laughs> right. But there's still a lot of people who had it with both parties or, or or just independents who think the Democrats have drifted too far left, who think the Republicans in the era of Trump have lost their bearings. There's a lot of those people. They're independents, and what what they can do is vote for Mike Dewine and then leave the ballot blank, or they can split their tickets. And you know what? We've talked about this, Tom. It's not going to be 25 points in any state. But but in these close elections, a few thousand people who split their tickets could be the difference between the Senate staying Democratic or not. Yeah, Georgia is another one where, you know, Brian Kemp's up by eight, 10 points, and you've got the Senate race is basically dead heat. And it's like, is Brian Kemp really going to win by 10 points and, and not? And Herschel Walker is going to lose that race. I don't know, but have the Democrats made a strategic miscalculation? And Nancy Pelosi said on Sunday, well, we never put abortion above the economy, but any advertisement that's being run, any mailer that's being sent out around the country from Democrats is all about the issue of abortion. Have they miscalculated? Are they out of touch with the American public? And is that the fundamental issue in this election that it's the economy stupid and Democrats are focused on not the economy. Well, I, I say two things about that. First of all, when, when you say focus on the economy, you know, it's not easy to say what they should be saying about the economy. You know, focusing on the economy isn't fixing the economy. Democrats would like interest rates to come down. They would like gasoline prices to come down. They don't quite know how to do it. They don't quite know how to do it. It's not a good issue for them because they're the party in power. But my point is, it's not a good issue for them for another reason. There's not some glib thing they can say where the voters will say, oh, yeah, the Democrats are me on the economy. So I think they were left for these other the cultural issues. But the other thing I'd say is that because I basically agree with your premise, and, and this is true of both parties, but they're beholden to their donor base, their their extreme wings, the people who are the loudest, who make the, you know, you, you saw Elizabeth Warren was hectoring Joe Biden for not pushing harder on abortion. She wanted uh, clinics, abortion clinics set up in national parks. I mean, this is what the progressive left, they were pushing him. And I, I think each party is too enthralled to its its base. And what you have to do, and it's harder to do in a midterm election because the president's not on the ballot, you have to energize your base while simultaneously um, assuring moderate independent voters like myself that you're, that you're a sensible party. It's hard to do. It's not easy. I mean, that's the question. Have they done it? I, I think they've tried. i We'll find out if they've been successful, but I don't think it's easy to do, especially when the economy is, has so many structural problems. But I want to say something else, though, Tom, before we before we end this morning. This is a Carl Cannon. It's your it's your birthday special. Go for it, dude. <laughs> well, look, it, these numbers don't look great for the Democrats. But you know what? This is why you run the elections. It's why you play the games. And Tom, you were an athlete in college. You know what I'm talking about. It, we just you know, the World Series starts soon. It's going to have the strongest team in baseball, the Houston Astros, best record, toughest, you know, all the metrics, they're, they're, they're good. And they won the most games and they beat the Yankees. They're playing the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies only won 87 games this year. 
the Phillies, in my analogy, are the, are the House Democrats. They didn't look on paper. They look like they're toast. They are in a division with two teams that won 100 games in their division. I don't know if that's ever happened before. The Braves and the Mets. Well, they beat the Braves. Uh, and then they made mincemeat of the, of, the, of the Padres, who had beaten who had beaten the Dodgers, who had the best team in 50 years. So the Phillies are now in the World Series. And you know what? The odds makers are going to make Astros a big favorite, but the, they, anybody could win the World Series. The point I'm saying is this is why you play the games, and it's why we run the elections. It's why I'm not making pro- – well, I don't. I don't try to make predictions. I try to cover the news. So that's my. That's my. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you who you're rooting for to win the World Series because, based on your analogy, that would have some implications in politics. No, because then we'll just step away from politics. We'll set the analogy aside, and I'll okay. say this: uh, Dusty Baker is the manager of the Houston Astros. Dusty Baker is the the winningest manager in baseball history who's not in the Hall of Fame. I think he's the only man who managed 2,000 wins who's not in the Hall of Fame. He belongs in the Hall of Fame, and if the Astros win the World Series, there'll be no way to keep him out of it. So I'm going to root for Dusty Baker. Well, I'm going to root for the Phillies, who are the underdogs, and Kyle Schwarber, who's a former Cub. So, And Bryce Harper, who you love, who's a former Nat. <laughs> I do. I mean, these guys are all, <laughs> they are all living their best lives right now. The games have been unbelievable. So. Yeah. It's going to be a great series, so we'll see what happens. And we'll see what happens with the election, but for now, we'll have to leave it there. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Ripley Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief, and this has been the RCP Takeaway for Tuesday, October 25th, 2022.